0: Plush dot com slash weight loss. <laughs>
1: let's start again i don't know what i was saying there why that was perfect was it perfect all right let's keep going let's keep going all right all right (laughs) hello footy primers it's footy prime the podcast weekend wrap and there's a whole crap load to wrap fa cup we've got some african cup of nations um yeah it was a really really great weekend i'm james shaman dan wong's here Jimmy Brennan is here once again. Craig Forrest will be joining us at some point during this podcast. As it stands right now, Craig, we think, is on another podcast uh, in Ipswich, England. He's ditched us for his former club. That's bullshit. Don't you think? No (laughs) loyalty. There's no loyalty anymore. I thought he was a West Ham fan. Yeah, that's what I thought too. But I guess not today. He's not a footy prime fan. I know that much. He'll jump yeah, on some, some Ipswich-based podcast and said, Jesus, Craig, come on, man. on See where we stand. Listen, Jimmy, Wonga, the FA Cup, what a weekend it was of shocks and and near shocks, tons of drama. And I know it's been talked about a fair amount here, but there's no replays this time around, right? So, so yeah. the games go to penalties. So there's more chance of surprises because, generally speaking, if a Premier League team plays a League One team, they might get a result in one leg, one match, a, a good draw, but likely they'll be crashed down in the second one in the replay. But this time around, you have these smaller clubs, be it Boreham Wood, you know, be it Kidderminster, we'll get to them shortly, and you have hope, right? You stay in it. I mean, I'm really enjoying that this this penalty, this extra time version of the FA Cup, Jimmy. I think it's
2: great. You know, it's, it's a lot of good games. And it seems a lot of the lower teams end up scoring first, didn't it? which makes it even more exciting. Um, I know when you watch a Plymouth game and Plymouth went up 1-0, I think it was, and Kidderminster they went up 1-0 as well. And, you know, and then Bournemouth, uh, Bournemouth scoring and, and going up and, and beating Bournemouth. So, you know, the FA Cup is such a, a great, uh, a great tournament um, in the UK and there's so many surprises. And uh, it's always good to see the lower teams beating, the, beating their giants,
1: isn't it? I guess you were on both sides of the coin there, right? There are times when you were the big club playing the minnows, other times when you're a lower league club playing a Premier League club, for example. Like what did you enjoy them both? Because I know Deech should talk about how much he just hated going to some small club in the FA Cup because you had nothing you couldn't win no matter what, right? You had no, to yeah. Win yeah. You. yeah.
2: Listen, you you always you do hate it. You do hate when you go into to the lower lower clubs. Um, you know, the smaller grounds, you know, there's a thousand people at the games and make it difficult for you. I mean you're, you're getting changed and the dressing rooms are like beside the burger stands. like <laughs> a, a burger being cooked or the fry ups and and you're trying to get ready for the game. And, you know, the pitches aren't, aren't perfect either. They're all beat up. And, um, but it's, it's difficult. It really is difficult. Um, but that's all a part of it. That's part of the, the FA cup, right? Um, you know, these, the lower teams, when they play the bigger teams, that's, that's their cup final. You know, that's their big draw. And it's the big match where, where they just, They've got so much extra energy when they play those games. Um, and then the bigger clubs are all saying, get me through this game so I can get out of here. Let's just get a win and, and get ourselves ready for the next match. You
1: know, That was so true in the Kid and Mr. Harriers West Ham match. So Kid and Mr. Harriers, sixth tier. They play in the National League North, 113 places below West Ham or just out of the Champions League spots in the Premier League, 113 yeah. places. And you watched that match and – You know, West Ham were just not interested, and Kidderminster were giving everything. They were diving in, blocking shots. You know, they played so well. They were the better team. West Ham tied up late in injury time, 1 1. It then goes to the final minute of extra time injury time, and and they win it. I mean, my God, the heartbreak for Kidderminster. I mean, they said how proud they were post match. Of course, they're proud, but man, when you get that close to one of the, that would have been the great shock of FA Cup history. I think it's fair to say the biggest one. For sure, when I mean, you're that close, it's got to be just, just so distant. So here's distant. my question: Do you did either of you know
0: that Kiddermuth had a soccer club, a footy club? Kidderminster. Yeah, Kidderminster. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And did you know anything about them before this game?
2: I knew about them. Yeah, because well, they were in the football league, right? They there for, for, for quite some time. Um, yeah, it's a small, smaller club, but it's uh, it's it's wild to see. I mean, what are they scoring in, like, the 20th minute? And you're holding on. And Declan Rice wasn't even playing because he was meant to get rested. And then all of a sudden it's panic mode. West Ham's thinking, oh, my God, wait, <laughs> we could be losing this and getting knocked out at the Kidderminster. And then they took him on and obviously he comes on, he scores and then they score again. And then what was it? 120th minute or whatever it was. So 119. Yeah. 119. So, I mean, look, it's, uh, it's heartbreaking for Kidderminster, you know, that they would have loved nothing more for that club to to beat West Ham and, and move on to that next round. But the experience that was gained for the players and the fans I and mean, those are the special moments in football, Um, you know, playing against West Ham at, at your own home in front of a couple thousand people and uh, the passion that comes within that city and how much they enjoy those big games. You know, it would have been nice to see them get the next round get another another giant, but it wasn't meant to be. Um But you could see it was definitely panic mode for West Ham when they started making the changes.
1: Oh, man, was it ever. I mean, imagine that if you're a kid, right? And you, you look over and there's Declan Rice coming on, a guy that's going to be sold this summer for about $100 million, right? And he changed the game. He did. I mean, he's, he's wonderful. But what I love about these games, even on TV, is you see these small stadiums and you see like the, the advertising hoardings, the adver- they're advertising different companies than you see at Old Trafford, for example, right? Yeah. Local businesses. It's local businesses. Of- isn't
2: it? Yeah, like yeah. Kate's Pie stands and... <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. you hear the players in the
1: The field screaming,
2: yeah, that's what's so special about it. But you can imagine you're Declan Rice, and obviously, the gaffer before the match just said, Hey, listen, you know, I'm not, we don't need you today, we're not gonna play you. Hmm. You know, just put you on the bench, be part of the squad, right? Put your feet up, day off, then 75th minute. By the way, son, get on,
1: (laughs) get yourself. (laughs) Come on, Gaff, Jesus, really. (laughs) <laughs> you know I wonder though what's the West Ham bus like on the way home I mean they get this this famous win or infamous I guess you call it an infamous win yeah. right they they can't be happy as if you know they, they got a great victory I mean as much as they relief is it more relief than happiness do you think on that bus It's relief It's relief because now they go back into
2: the league and you focus on the league right but you know if you, if you're going if, if West Ham's going to lose you want to lose to a big club in the FA Cup you don't want to lose to a to a minnow. Right, because then it becomes a, the news, and you know what it's like, Charms, It's all over the papers and the media, and everybody's talking about it. And it's an absolute nightmare. So it's a massive relief when you can get that win and
1: and get out of those those stadiums. And you know the West Ham fan base, right? They're pretty fickle. I mean, they're having a fantastic season. They're, they're really enjoying the league form oh. overall. But I mean, if they had lost that match, that would have been a tough, tough uh, stadium to go back home to. I mean, really let's be honest here. United, so Man United lost to Middlesbrough the league championship. Uh, borough win on penalties. Ronaldo missed a penalty earlier in that one. Uh, borough goal. I'm not sure if you saw it, guys, but the handball, like they called, was was just ridiculous. I, I don't know how you how you call that, but it, it was given. Um, Anthony Alanga, who missed a penalty for United in the shootout, of course, then gets racially abused online. I mean, it's almost to the point now when you see a young black player or a black player, miss a big penalty, you're waiting for the news to drop. Yeah. He's being abused. I, I don't know what the solution here is. There are hate laws now, certainly in UK, and they generally find these people and, yeah. and they'll ban them. They'll charge them, which is a good thing, but it's just, uh, I don't know. It, it's so, you know, it's, it's an awful thing to go through. Obviously and we see it all the time now. I don't know how it's going to end there. Um, but for, for United once again, you know, they, they put a few good results together in the league and they come crashing out of the cup to Borough. Yeah. Ralph Rangnick might not be the solution.
2: I don't, I don't think so. I don't think he is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being honest. But then the other question is, who is? You know, we've we, had so many different managers that have come in and, and, and we're all, everybody's trying to find a solution of who's going to be the next Ferguson. And the reality is you're not going to find the next Ferguson, right? But you've exactly. got to find that manager that's going to come in there, create a culture, and get the best out of these players right now. I mean, look, that, that game against Middlesbrough, and if we're going to be honest, uh, men, you dominate the game, right? They were all over them. They had plenty of shots, plenty of opportunities. Um, Middlesbrough was organized, defensively sound, very... Very good, and, and they took their their chance very well. I spoke to Leo, Leo Pergovic, the assistant after the game, was Middlesbrough's assistant. You know, just congratulating, saying well done, and um, and he said he just he felt there was going to be an opportunity for them to get something out of that game, and he felt that if they went into penalties, then they, they might have that opportunity to win the match, and he did, and mm-hmm. they did. And sometimes when you're playing the the big clubs, you hold on getting into penalties because that's your fifty fifty. Like, that's yeah. that's the point of the game where you're going, hey, we're either going to win this or we might lose. We don't know, but because the pressure's on now in penalties. And all the pressure's going to be on Man United. It's not on Middlesbrough in the penalties. Yeah, right? for sure. 100%. Um, and obviously, you could see that the pressure was on Man United. And and, and Middlesbrough came away and, and won the match. So, you know, look, I mean, for me, I, I thought it was a good performance and, and Middlesbrough was very disciplined. But you expect Man United with the quality that they have to win that game comfortably, yeah, they had a lot of chances and created a lot of lot of opportunities. But they've got to win win those matches. There's no doubt about it. They have to beat a Millersboro at home.
1: I mean, I watched that match. I still have no idea what the handball rule is. I mean, for, for that to be considered accidental when his hands like way out from his body. I mean, most well, yeah. handballs are accidental, right? Most of them are. It doesn't mean they're not yeah. penalties. I know the language and the law is so murky and grey, but very confusing. Um, Mauricio Pochettino is once again being linked with United, saying it's very close. Some some papers, um, yes. he's good at coaching young players, and said, unfortunately, maybe his best young player, Mason Greenwood, may never play for the team again. Um, he, he's been charged, or at least arrested, sorry, this past week on two, well, at least two counts of uh, assault and and sexual assault and uttering death threats. Um yeah. I, I don't see a way back for the kid at this point and it's just it's just a really sad situation another young player that's just made a, m- a horrendous mistake and should face the full you know wrath of the law obviously. Yeah. Um can that derail a team Jimmy? I mean when when, when you see a teammate who's so blatantly well say, I shouldn't say he's blatantly guilty we don't know what the evidence is there's videos on online there's comments online um but at the same time um until he's actually charged and found guilty and sentenced to jail, it's tough to comment on those charges. I understand that. But from a player standpoint in that room, when an initial member of the squad has legal difficulties, can it derail it?
2: Um, I don't, I don't think derail, um, but I do think, you know, there'd be quite a bit of motion in the dressing room, you know, especially a a player that, you know, is is well respected by the others in the dressing room. um, When incidents like that happen and it, Listen, things like this happen an awful lot in, in football, not just football, in all sports, in all sports. Um, and it's funny because everybody's guilty until proven innocent. That's just the way it seems to be, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so he's going to be tarnished with his brush now for the, for the rest of his life, regardless what happens. It's, it's always going to be stuck with him. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's, it's an emotional time for, for players because you, you care for the individual. Um, and obviously, we don't know the truth of exactly what's gone on but the players will because the players will, will end up talking to one another and they'll, they'll end up speaking to the player but you know at the end of the day they they've got to move on and focus what their job is you know what who pays them and what they've got to do and you know those those incidents you, you've you've got to put them behind you quickly uh, normally the manager will come in you know he'll he'll have a quick word and say look you know we'll, we'll support the player and, and see what happens with them but at the end of the day we've got to focus on football this is our job and we, we've got to get out there and we've, we've got, uh, we've got games to win. Um, so you, you tend to try to push it back as, as quick as possible, but at the same time, you still have to show that, uh, you know, that, that emotion, that care that you have for that, for that individual as well. Who's,
1: who's been a teammate for some time. Yeah. That's, I mean, it looks as if given that he's been kicked off the team and can't train right now as well. I mean, the evidence would appear to be pretty damning, doesn't it? But anyway, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll find out more as the time goes on. Uh, your boys, Forrest, just smashed Leicester and another big shocker. I mean, Forrest oh, yeah, have already were... come along, right? I mean, League championship, They, I think when uh, Steve Cooper took over, they were 20th, weren't they, or something? And now they're in the hunt for the playoffs. Oh, yeah, that's right. What a turnaround.
2: Yeah. Oh, they, they've been on been on fire at the moment. Um, you know, they made some great signings as well. I mean, you look at, at Brennan Johnson. I think when Brentford came in, they wanted, they, they offered $20 million for him, and they turned him down. So it shows you what Forrest is looking to do right now. You know, when you're turning down that amount of money for young players um, your eye is on promotion and because you feel that you've, you've got the right squad and they've added, added to the team as well they brought in a few more players um, to make them even stronger to, to, to see them get over that finish line come the end of the season uh, whether it's automatic or, or in in through the playoffs um, but the result today I mean look they, they beat Arsenal um, at home then they beat Leicester at home they pumped them today actually 4-1 absolutely dominated that match you know, so they're, they're on a high right now, and they're playing fantastic football. And there's a big buzz around this young team, um, and it's it's great to see where they're heading and where the, where the club is right now. Um,
1: Jimmy, do you have the no, scullery maid coming no, in and out? out that's, that's not me. That's that's not my door. Whose whose is going in there? Do you have the scullery <laughs> no, maid? Are you are the people in the basement <laughs> it's coming in? My kids okay. just
2: came in. My kids just came oh, in. Oh, sorry. Out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, Sorry Jimmy, you know what? That. Watching that game and, and seeing the fans and listening to Forrest, right? I mean, that, you know, you were there for what, five, six years? Yeah. Um, it's a team that should be in the Premier League, right? It's one of them. I mean, yeah. I, I say that because I grew up watching Forest in, in the old first division. That's the one I, I connect them with. Top flight football. They had such great success, of course, European wise. Um, I mean, once they get in the Prem, with, with the, the foundation, with the support they have, that's a team you think that, that could probably stick around for a while, isn't it?
2: I think so because they've got a lot of young players and their academy has always, always pushed players through. And if you look over the years, you know, with, with Michael Dawson, Andy Reid, Jermaine Janice, and you know, the West Morgan, the, the list goes on with the amount of players that have come through. Um, and even now when you're looking at Brennan Johnson and a few others now, that are starting to come through the, through the system. They've produced players um, and they've sold them over the years, but it seems like now they're in a position where they're going, no, we're not selling anymore. We're going to keep these players um and we're going to ride these boys and see if we can get into the playoffs and get ourselves into the premier league and if we don't then you have to then you revisit and say okay right who will we who are we going to sell and what, what's our plans going into next season but um you're right though the, the history is there in that club it's it, it was a it was a massive club back in the day um you know in european championships they won the premier league well the old first division um and they had a lot of success so you know that 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 city's been starved for some time now and, and people want to see the glory days back there. And I think if they do get to the premier league and with the owners that they have now, they'll, they'll be able to spend money and, and hopefully keep themselves in there and not become a, a yo-yo club.
1: Wongo, did you see the fan run on the pitch and oh it's the Leicester fan? Best thing ever. Jesus Christ. I mean, all joking aside though, he got to them and was swinging. I mean,
0: yeah. Wow. And, and uh, but then he got like his face plowed into the ground by the uh, security guards so yeah. you know, if you're a security guard, you you got your fun for the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. right. Like those guys are waiting for something like that because basically the security is so strict now yeah. that they don't really get to do too much. You know? <laughs> so, so what are you saying? Do you, do you
2: think they just sit there and go, "Go on, then I dare you to run." Yeah, <laughs> we all
0: those okay, you know security know. guards. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but he was like he was like doing the old Wimble punches right you know when yeah. you see like a real guy who's hammered there's there's no form there he's not a trained boxer that's for sure it's pathetic yeah. really he'll be banned for life he'll be charged hopefully I'm sure he will yeah um, they said he was banned for life so gee well how can how can he not
2: be he'll get a, get a nose and a mustache and show up in the next match <laughs>
1: <laughs> what was your worst fan experience Jimmy uh,
2: probably Millwall Millwall fans were imagine were, that were um, I remember one of the first times I played at the den, and uh, the ball went out for a throw-in, and I went to go get the ball, and it was in the first row, and I went to take a step over and I swear to God 50 guys come running down, like over, over top of the seats, because I was in the stand. You should have seen me run.. <laughs> <Jesus> I <Christ. laughs> <It> was, <gone. laughs> was gone. And then, I, then after the match I'll never forget this we, we were leaving, and they started bricking their, bricking their bus. Throwing bricks! Wow, yeah, yeah. you hear about it we had the time. To get to the horses and the police escort take us out of uh, out of Millwall.
1: That was a uh, uh famous story, right? His first game for Millwall, he, he's playing there, right? And you know, there's a bit of crowd trouble, but he's just playing there. He's a young guy, and he starts hearing this boom, boom, He's like, "What? What is that?" Before he knew it, this police horse went. Belting past him on the field towards the, <laughs> yeah. where the trouble was. He goes, What have I done? Where have I come? It's the craziest yeah. thing. <laughs> oh, they're they they crazy.
2: They're crazy. The one, the one time when we were leaving, when they started throwing the bricks at our bus, we we just pulled out of the stadium, turned onto one of the main roads, a minivan pulls in front, six guys get out, and start calling us all on. <laughs> come on. And I'm thinking, yeah, like what, we're getting off the bus about you guys.
1: No, just kidding. <laughs> Not the smartest guys in the world, eh? Jesus! No, it was unbelievable. Has it changed? No. They, the club apparently have done all they can to kind of change the, the reputation. There's still an element there, though, isn't there? I think. Oh, I man. mean, they've, they're certainly better than They'll it was. There's go. no doubt.
2: They'll never go, especially when Millwall are playing West Ham and yeah. Chelsea's around, and there's no yeah.
1: way it's ingrained in them too much. There's actually, this season, there's been overall in, in English football a real uptick on fan trouble outside the grounds and inside the grounds, right? And maybe it's just general frustration in society over so many things, you know, just bah, the game here, you know, but there's an issue there and they are addressing it, absolutely. Um, Boreham Wood, Wood, another non-league team, beat Bournemouth the league championship. Another huge surprise there. But what I found interesting here was I saw... Um, I think on the BBC, they, they showed a documentary years ago with Ian Wright, who was uh, looking into and interviewing young offenders who had formerly been good footballers. And he interviewed this kid called Adrian Clifton, who was in there for, I think, possession with, with intent to sell or something. And uh, in a good interview, and he, this kid had been at the Arsenal Academy and was a really highly touted tith- high tith- kid, but then eventually got released. And then within a year, he was in jail. Um, well, Adrian Clifton was in the squad today for Boreham Wood. So he's cleaned his life up. Apparently Ian Wright has been a big part of that, taking him under his wing. But it was really interesting to see a player that was part of this documentary, you know, a few years ago now. Now he's reinvented himself. He's not Arsenal standard, obviously, but he's in Boreham Wood now. He's playing in the FA Cup against Bournemouth. He got a few minutes. It's really interesting. And, and Jimmy, we were talking off camera about, you know, your experiences with, uh, Prison life. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you were in the prison. Dun, dun, but it's a fantastic story. <laughs> Shawshank Redemption type <laughs> exactly. story. My,
2: my short stint in prison. <laughs> We—I I was at Bristol City, and I'll never forget this. The Gaffer says, "We were, we had a preseason going on. There was a big prison down in the West Country called Dartmouth, and we ended up going there one day for a friendly against prisoners." Um, and guys looking to get themselves on the right, right path, right? So initially, <laughs> when, when, the, when the gaffer told us that we're going, we all started laughing and said, yeah, okay, good one. All right. Where are we going? Seriously? He goes, no, seriously, we're going there. So we get into this prison, right? And we're going through all the, all the bells and whistles, getting patted down, and we're into this area and that area. And then all of a sudden, we get out into the yard, and they've got a football pitch set up for us. So we're standing there, and we're having this little warm-up, and the prisoners start coming out. And we're all looking at each other. We're terrified. We're young, guys. We're like 1920. I'm thinking, Jesus, like, who are we playing here, man? Like, Are we playing you know, mass murderers? Like is the next Hannibal Lecter going to be on this? <laughs> <laughs> and I remember lining up beside this guy, and this guy was a monster, and he had tattoos coming down the side of his face and his neck. And, and I was like, do you ask him, are you allowed to ask what you're in for? And I was like, do you ask him or not? And I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to ask this guy. I said, hey, what are you in for? He's like, oh, you know, I stole a couple of cars. I was like, oh, that's all right. I can deal with you. Really? You're not that bad. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember, like, all of us are asking because we're just waiting for somebody to go. Oh, yeah, listen, I killed four people and blah, blah, blah. And I, mean, I would have been like, that gone. See you later, I'm out. I'm not playing. <laughs> but I remember any 50-50s. There was, none of us were challenging anybody. <laughs> These guys were just, you just know, it just took one of them to lose their head and they were going to smash you all over the place.
0: Well, with well, a car it was, thief, sorry, Sharms, with a car thief, you'd also know that you're faster than him. He got caught by the car. He got caught, that's right. <laughs> you're not that quick, are you? No.
1: And I guess if you are been there for like, you know, double murder or something, Something, um you, you, there isn't much chance really of getting you know rehabilitated maybe and you're not taking the soccer program to get a second chance <laughs> you're probably in there for a long time hey so craig's good. joined us yeah it was so funny i'm sorry boys i took the ball off of
2: this one guy and this look that he gave me and i was thinking this guy wants to kill me <laughs> he to just, just look at him. and he just stared at me you know that really I, uncomfortable stare where you know somebody's looking at you but you don't look at them because you're like this guy's
1: staring at me I get it most podcasts actually with with these guys. Hey hey, Craig, so Jimmy's telling the story when he when he played the prison team when he was at Bristol City many years ago. Uh, um, Do you have any jail stories? Any prison stories? (laughs) Any issues with uh, cons? Um, no, probably not. Right? I mean, this kind of memory that would just pop out pretty quickly, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you where we went after that. By the way, three days later, we ended up going to a military base for boot camp. Oh, okay. Okay. This was this was amazing. In fact, no, sorry, I lied. I lied. This was with force. We ended up going to a military camp, right? So we're at this this army base and we're doing this boot camp. We're there for a week. This was it was unbelievable, man. One of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. So we're we're doing all their training that the that they do, right? The army does. You no, know, they're all yelling at you and you're doing your push-ups in the back of your mind, you're like, Oh fuck off. Leave me alone. Like I'm I'm not in the army here, you know? <laughs> But you're doing it, right? Because they want you to buy into what's, you know, what they're preaching. And you're like, okay, we're getting a preseason. We're getting fit. So one of the things that we had to do is we had to get into the boxing ring. And you had to go in there for, I think it was a minute and a half session with with one of their top guys, these fighters, right? So you get in there and you're sparring. You're throwing a few punches. You know, you're taking a couple off the head. And you're like, all right. So you're throwing a few back and you're getting right into it. And this was the best thing in the world now. We had four Irish guys on our team, okay, from, from the Republic. Now, for those of you who know, they don't really get along too well with the British Army, right? <laughs> so we're meant, be, we're meant to be just having these little sparring stuff. <laughs> right, nice and easy. Well, doesn't one of the Irish guys get in there? Andy Reid was one of them. He gets in there, and he goes after this guy like there's no tomorrow. Honest to God, it was like watching Prince Nassim. He was, he <laughs> <laughs> they're going to toe to toe. He gets out. Then all of a sudden, there's another guy comes in. Keith Foy. Keith Foy's going to toe <laughs> <laughs> These Irish guys are going toe to toe with this British soldier.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> unbelievable.
2: What are they thinking? He's coming in. Okay, that's it. Enough's enough. And they're then the fighting soldier, for all.
3: Fighting for years and
2: years. All the and soldier. He was getting mad shit. too. Now he starts throwing these uppercuts and. These right hooks, these Irish guys are going to die. It became an absolute
3: mess.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ! Can you imagine that? They can't do that anymore, can they? I can't see professional football teams heading and stepping in the ring with some uh, some army dudes. I mean, geez, that's crazy. Not that part. <laughs> it was supposed to be just fun, right? Just
2: like moving your arms and twist and turn yeah. and yeah, it's a good workout, run. right? Like not really
0: go toe to toe. Supposed to be like Richard Simmons, do a little I have to say, the the other thing is, Jimmy's just told us two of the best stories. I don't think we could have him back anymore. I know he's, he's just got no more stories. Yeah, <laughs> he's, oh, he's... yeah, we do. Ah. <laughs> 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 yeah,
1: yeah. If they only knew Forrest. We had the snake story as well, right? And in a previous oh, edition right. as well. So <laughs> heard the Dildo story. No. What's the dildo story? We need we need to know now. I think I think we can tell it. Personal <laughs> massager. Call it personal massager, and we're good. It,
3: it, oh no, there's nothing, nothing, nothing illegal about it. But we show up at the LAX airport after a game in Los Angeles I don't know in the Gold Cup or something, and our flight's delayed by three or four hours, and. Uh, oh, God, what are we going to do? They check our main bags and take our carry on. And what are we going to do? Well, somebody suggests there's me, Jimmy, and Mark Bertram. The rest of the guys are on different flights. So somebody decides, I don't think it was me, but says, why don't we go to a strip bar? <laughs> it was you. It's definitely you. It, was it? Okay. So <laughs> it, it, maybe it was. So we end up with this apparently as legendary strip bar uh, by the LAX. So we're just, okay, great. So we're going in there, topless only, kind of disappointing. Um, <laughs> but they also, they also had a sex shop um, attached to it. So as you left the place, you, you had to go through it. So for some reason, me and Jimmy figure, why don't we buy our girlfriends a dildo? and for some reason i don't recall why we buy the identical ones and they're emerald they're emerald green they're not (laughs) massive and birchie was like for me the only guy if you were going to think of a guy that would be quite happy to go back through security with a dildo i would think birchie would be the guy to go yeah fuck you go big huge fucking 12 inch dildo like go through (laughs) no he in fact he's really embarrassed he's like no guys we got to go back through security Right? So, we're like, yeah, yeah. What's the problem? We go, oh, uh, are you kidding? You're going to be so embarrassed and whatever. no, like, ah, whatever. So, anyway, we jump in the car. We got our bags. And we throw all – we got all this uh, gear in the back. And Berkshi's carry-on is in the back with us. Amateur. So, amateur. So, I look at over at Jimmy, and we don't even have <laughs> no. to say anything. <laughs> we're just like <laughs> – <laughs> So – we load these fucking dildos into his bag, put them down on the bottom. He's got no idea. Zip it up like this. We get out of the taxi at the LAX and he goes, give me my bag. I'm going ahead. I want nothing to do with this. <laughs> we went, oh, understand. Go ahead, Berkshire So off he goes. And we were sort of behind and we're in the line and he gets to the front to the security. You see, and it, I could actually see down the side where the security person is looking at the screen. And these two dildos were emerald green to the eye. Under that x-ray machine, they look fucking nuclear, (laughs) right? So, you know, it kind of slides by and then you can see her go... What the heck? <laughs> she pulls it back and she's looking at the screen and then she looks over the other person down there, the security. She says, Yeah, you might want to have a look at these. We'll open that guy's bags. So, Bershie's not even thinking. He's just looking back, going, Ah, you assholes. Look at you guys, right? Well, this security girl goes in there and she <laughs> pulls, and it's got the longest cord in the world on it for some reason. She pulls this thing. Out and she's got it above her head because the cords are so freaking long. LAX, was- by the way. LAX. <laughs> well, she's just loses it. He grabs <laughs> the other dildo and he throws it down the terminal <laughs> and it's bouncing down the terminal. And no friend. And Jimmy's going, No,
2: don't do that. What'd you do that for? Yeah, what are you doing?
1: That is unbelievable. Oh God. So oh, I,
2: I never saw get- him get so embarrassed in my life. And him oh. he was he was, was, was by himself. And when the person lifted it and put it over their head, everybody it was like a beacon. <laughs> Everybody just stared <laughs> and looked, <laughs> and he was solo. He was by himself because we weren't around. Right? Like, we were way back.
3: He was, he was pointing at him, and we were just like this. What? We're, we're... <laughs>
1: <laughs> what an idiot that guy is! Were they, were they confiscated, or did he get to keep them?
3: No, no, no. They, they were they were perfectly fine. They weren't at all seen as a weapon or anything like that but when he when, when he hurled it down the corridor and that thing was
1: just end over end it was oh hey was was that holger as he coached then i mean i can't see yeah. holger appreciating the humor
3: no no well because our, you see everybody was flying in different directions right? Oh, okay right so right. we were happening to be going to london all together some other guys are going all the right way. So that's why we were that's why we were stuck together but it did surprise me because i really thought that virtue would be the he wouldn't care i we thought you would have you would have
2: got to laugh with him, but no, nothing
1: <laughs> that's too close to home that's... for him.
0: No, he, he likes he likes his uh, dildos maybe uh, pinker and uh, a little thicker. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe.
1: maybe. Wonder, that might be the that might be better than the snake story. Even I think it is better. That look, I laughed more than the snake story. Yeah. By the way, I uh, you may have seen this. Someone um, sent it to us. Uh, British TV. Birchie was on some talk show, and he regaled the same snake story that Jimmy regaled. It was it was great. He backed <laughs> yes. it up. He backed yes it he up. did. It was, that's got That's got a a lot of views. Maybe a few million views. That story yeah. about Jimmy and Birchie at the. It's, it's the most exposure the Canadian national team has got on British TV ever. Yeah.
3: Birchie was, no Birch, was a beauty because he, I don't even think he'd ever been to Canada before he played and when he scored against Northern Ireland mm. uh, and he's singing the national anthem in the pre, pre-game as well and everything else like that and he's hes running away after and kissing the Canadian badge <laughs> and his, we're all like, Birchie, you haven't even fucking been to Canada. <laughs> Never. <laughs>
2: Remember that? Like, how are you even playing for Canada? Uh, my granddad's from Winnipeg. Do you know what Winnipeg is? Nah, mate. Because
1: <laughs> he's got such a southern accent, right? Isn't he? He's such a hard he has southern no accent. No it was.
2: No. Nope. And then he, he's right. there remember And uh, the worst was because if I was standing beside him and he was singing the national anthem, I was losing my mind. I, I was laughing so hard. <laughs> right. <If there's> <laughs> any- <laughs>
3: We also got to the uh, Confed Cup, and I don't because Holger didn't like him.
1: Really? No. Was it no, because remember? he dyed his hair red?
2: No, I don't no, know. He was, old. I
1: he was chirpy. Yeah,
3: he was playing music in the back, and he just, yeah, Holger didn't, didn't fancy him. And I think too, too much, much of he the, he had the whole family travel all the way to Japan. Not that you got to play a player because their family's traveling there, but I didn't
1: play him a minute. I don't think. Did you guys prefer like your your family coming with you or to trips? Or would you rather them just be far, far away so you could focus on the job at hand? Buying
3: snakes and dildos. Yeah,
0: exactly. If
1: they want,
3: if they want to come, that's one thing, but you, you know, you just virtually, no, I don't want any distractions or anything like that. If you guys want to stay at a different (laughs) hotel, you want to do your own shit, but yeah no distractions
0: but yeah. the other thing sharms is you can tell the difference uh, that was when they were these guys were making uh professional footy player money not professional footy podcaster money that's very by, true buy buy a snake yeah. buy some yeah. crystal embedded dildos yeah, like yeah that's yeah.
3: that's what pro players spend their money on well and yeah. also I, I, there's such a difference between now and then as well and I, I think we saw that changing a little bit that we used to go out and do shit you know, mm-hmm. get some and go out and have dinner and go out and spend time mm-hmm. together. And now it's all about they're on their phones and they're and their phones and, games and, and fucking and, this, you know what um, I mean? Like
2: Yeah, that, that was a thing with us too. That's why our, our squad we we're we were so good together because we were always doing something. Like we didn't have video games and all that kind of stuff. And and you're right, right. Greg, like we just get out, go for a coffee, go hang out, you know, go to a restaurant for dinner and we were yeah. always, always together. We were in each other's rooms, hanging out, and just always mm-hmm.
1: having a laugh. And that's and, that, and that's important to say that and to hear that because you know the last you know few weeks and months we talk about this current Canadian team squad right and how close they are. There's this real brotherhood, and Herman's done a good job because we need to go over the word divisions. But traditionally speaking, the Canadian squad's been pretty healthy, right? As far as you've all yeah. gotten very well, there's been that character. You never really question the team's character. You may question well, the brother. team's ability and talent level, but that side of things is always pretty good, wasn't it? With our teams? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it,
3: you hear stories of the guys in the last, you know, in between <clears throat> last 20 years, and it wasn't that way, which is kind of surprising. But winnings also makes it easier. And if you're in a side that's, you know, losing a lot, it's, you know, maybe that uh, becomes a bit of a problem. But it didn't matter whether we were going to a tournament and, finishing potentially last or winning it or whatever. It's just, we, we showed up and absolutely loved it. We just loved the guys. We just spending time with each other. As soon as we got there, it was just, what are we doing, doing this, you know, you know, and, and Holger found that hard. Even sometimes I think as far as how close we were, but we were also pretty disciplined. I mean, we don't get me wrong. We would go out on nights out and have amazing times, but we would do it at the right time. So, yeah. I felt that we didn't need that sort of German coach standing at the door stopping us yeah. from going out, no. you know, and that's what Holger was a little bit. Right. Yeah. He was like, where are you going? And it's like, going for a walk. He's like, no, <laughs> you're not. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But we'll, was- table on the second floor.
2: But then <laughs> right? we realized what we were like. And, and when it was time no. to work,
3: we worked. We worked. So then we what we did hard was hard. then we, we, we would throw our clothes out the balcony into a hedge and he would let us walk around the hotel so just to get out the front door we'd get out the front door and then we'd we'd swing around to the hedge and we'd we'd put our fucking we'd put our gear on <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we would go, go. go. and then when we come back we would do the same thing leave our stuff there pick it up tomorrow put our tracksuits on and slip back in the hotel Everyone, and then Dasso, we came back. Dasso couldn't find his, <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't find his suit, his tracksuit. So he ended up having to come through the front door of the hotel uh, with all his gear on,
1: <laughs> his dancing gear. With his so, dancing. so, okay, but you guys could do it, right? Because Holger wasn't going to drop you guys, right? You guys could do it. If it was some guy who was out of contract or, you know, w- without a club, which happens yeah. sometimes in Canada, or some guy playing, you yeah. know, in some, you know, fourth division Scandinavia. They may have got nailed. You must have felt pretty confident that even if Holger busts us, we're still pretty good.
3: Yeah. Yeah. We would be pretty good, except you're going to take
1: a bollock though. though. Yeah, he wasn't shy at letting you know what he thought. Yeah. Mm. By the way, you know what I was thinking this past week, it kind of dawned on me. We were so excited about this current Canadian team and the world cup coming up and 2026, but we're going to be now entering a gold cup in 2023 with, with a genuine chance to win it. I haven't heard that mentioned once. I went, wait a minute. The Gold Cup is going to be relevant once again (laughs) because Canada is going to be a force and can win it. How cool is that?
3: You know, if they could double that World Cup qualification with lifting a trophy, I mean, let's face it. There's something something special about that, you know, lifting a trophy for your country. And that's, uh, you know, unlikely going to happen at this World Cup, maybe at 26. Who knows?
1: I mean, Wonga, but it is nice guys. and I
3: think that they're absolutely uh in a great position uh looking at the other CONCACAF teams, unless they improve drastically,
1: you gotta think that they've got every chance of uh of doing good things there. It'd be nice. Wonga, yeah. these guys are still dining out in twenty two thousand, right? They, they they don't need to buy a meal in Toronto in Canada. They can go to any restaurant in Canada and they're getting a free meal because of that gold cup in two thousand, aren't you, fellas? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, oh, haven't, paid <laughs> I haven't paid for anything since. <laughs> <laughs> Most people don't even know what it is.
3: World <laughs> yeah. like, oh, Cup? What's that?
1: Hey, uh, oh, quickly uh, before we 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 say farewell today. Uh, so Chelsea uh, just squeaked past Plymouth third tier. That's League One. Plymouth um, Keppa saved a penalty, extra time in that one as well. They're now off to the World Club Cup. We'll talk about that maybe on Wednesday. And what is the point of that? Is that um, like another made-up tournament? Yeah, FIFA trying to get lots of money. I mean, I love, I love the concept, but there's just not enough time to do it properly, I don't think, these days mm-hmm. or e- ever, actually. But it's a right. conversation for Wednesday, probably. Liverpool beat Cardiff, um, looked really good. Diaz looked good. Javier, um, Harvey, uh, Harvey Javier, yeah, Javier comes on after the uh, the horrible dislocation in September. Looked great, scored a lovely goal as well. So that was interesting. Everton beat Brentford 4-1 in Lampard's debut. Team Looked pretty decent. Um, and in the African Cup of Nations, Senegal win on penalties. Uh, Mo Salah Craig didn't take the fifth penalty, didn't get a chance to take a penalty um, because strategically they put him there, I guess, because that's the potential of the pressure penalty. But when you don't get a chance to take it, you got to question it, right? He wasn't even on any of the starting five kick takers. He was the
3: fifth one, and they didn't get to that point. Oh, they didn't get to that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: remember Ronaldo yeah. a few years ago. I mean, a it's a tough call. Happened. It's a tough call. Yeah. Right. But there we go. Senegal win African champions. And uh, they'll, they'll be a good team at the World Cup. You look at their 11. And it's it's, it's really decent. Really decent team. Maybe we'll get to more of that on Wednesday because we are running out of time here. Yeah. But,
3: uh, how many How many times has Senegal won it? Because I know Egypt is really what they want. Uh, the good question. Um, but I wonder if we
0: have these things that we can look at to find maybe maybe out. Look out. Here.
1: Senegal national football team. All right, here we go. All right. It might be the, it's not the first one, is it? It might be I the first know. one, you know. Uh, Honours. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Honours. Uh, Af- Champions this year, the first time. That's the first time. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, yeah, because Egypt
3: have won, at it. I think five, six, seven, mm-hmm. or something like that. They're yeah, most, Egypt
1: yeah. will usually do really well there and then don't qualify, right? Now, these two are playing each other in a playoff for the World Cup as well. Wait a so second. It's a bit so like Italy, uh, Portugal, you know that's Africa's wow. version. Oh, wow. so have teams from Africa already qualified for the World Cup? Um, have no. they? Uh, no, no, they're still going, aren't they? they still. Yeah, they haven't finished the qualifying process. Okay. Much. The last windows in in months. So ago. screwed up. This like this whole thing is screwed up. Like they had tournaments and qualifying, and mm. it's hard to keep your eye on the ball. Um. Well, you know, actually, Senegal, did they win the... Sorry, I'm just, I might be wrong here. With um, They may have won the last... Wasn't there African Cup of Nations last year? I can't keep track now. It's really weird. I
3: don't think so. Uh,
1: I don't uh, bear with me here, because it says that can't be right. Uh, Champions 2021, it says here, but maybe it was bumped to 2022, but this is officially 2022. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah right, right. That's why I'm confused here. So, yeah, they, they won it me. once. Yeah. They won it once. Yeah. Um, As far as who's qualified for the World Cup, well, let's find out quickly. 2022 FIFA World Cup. Who's in so far? Um, Qualified teams, here we go. All right, qualified teams. We've got Qatar, obviously Germany, Denmark, Brazil, France, Belgium, Croatia, Spain, Serbia, England, Switzerland, Netherlands, Argentina, Iran, South Korea. So, yeah, no African teams just Mm. yet. Their playoffs are coming up shortly or in a month or so. There you have it. I'm glad we were prepared for that one. <laughs> it's <laughs> As we all be, like, uh, Hey, hey Craig. people should, can forgive us on that one.
0: We should promo uh, our Tuesday drop too. We have a uh, an interview with Bev Priestman coming
1: up. Yeah. Yep. We do. So uh, first thing Tuesday morning, that should drop. That'll be a fascinating conversation about all things women's soccer in this country. Craig, by the way, how was your Ipswich uh, podcast that you, you almost ditched us for? Well, I didn't
3: ditch you for it. I started at four o'clock. It was, uh, we went for two hours. Wow. It's like Joe Rogan style. Jesus. I think I went through every moment from the first time
1: I kicked the ball in the youth team trial to my retirement. <laughs> Did you make things up? Because I mean, I'm surprised you remember so many. Well, I made a few things up.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did you talk about dildos uh, in, in airports by chance? Uh, nope no
3: i are no trying to remember so we told some pretty good stories I think
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're a podcast whore you're everywhere really? these days all right fellas yeah. Yeah, that, was that was fun that was fun as you mentioned Tuesday is our next podcast An interview with Canadian National Women's Head Coach Bev Priestman and then we're back of course on Wednesday Jimmy oh. thank you very much oh wait 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 wanga what we forgot that Jimmy's going to be joining us a
0: couple uh, times Wednesday. a week.
1: Yeah. Is He's that a story? He's been, been
0: surprised by that news. Prime. <laughs> 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 no one told Jimmy. <laughs> they haven't even asked me yet. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I, uh, have we asked Jimmy? Yeah, we did. Uh, the day after our Wednesday. Yeah. And I yeah. said, hey, on, while I was talking through your phone while I was working
1: and you were texting, Jimmy said, yeah, I think I could do that. We're going to pay you yeah. 10% of what we make for these podcasts. Okay? I think. Uh, nice. I can buy myself a honey cruller.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's about right.
1: <laughs> you couldn't afford a gem-encrusted dildo with what we pay you. That's yeah, right, sure. like the
3: longest cord in the world.
1: <laughs> I don't know was why. it one of those um, stretchy cords, like
3: a... a Oh, no no it was just it was just a cord with and then you could put batteries but it was like it could be 20 feet away i don't understand mm-hmm. what that's all about i don't know
1: maybe somebody uh, could explain that you could maybe <laughs> tie as well anyway whatever probably go too far know. there yeah. um all right fellas thank you very much lots of fun hope you enjoyed that everyone and yeah we'll we'll chat Tuesday. cheers for listening <laughs>
0: Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing.
1: That was my show, great.